Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi there, and welcome to the Syrupcast. The Syrupcast is a podcast produced by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent tech site, in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. This is episode 176. We're recording it on Thursday, August 10th, 2018. We're back, and we're very excited to talk about iterative smartphones. Um, so sorry for the, uh, for the absence. I've just been hella busy with... Literally everything. It's been a busy August. It's been a busy August. Yeah, surprisingly so. Not as busy as when uh, in 2016 when both Pokemon Go happened and famously the Note 6 went up in flames. Note 7. Note 7. Yes, they skipped. Right. The skipped six, 5. The 6 just doesn't exist. This, yeah, the 6 just doesn't exist. Never happened. Um, this week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup Managing Editor, Patrick O'Rourke. Patrick. I'm back. It's good to be back. Indeed. Uh, after missing two flights home uh, in the yes, last... In, in one month, I got stuck in New York twice. Once overnight, once just for an additional, I don't know, like 12 hours or something like that, but... Not fun. Yeah, not fun. Uh, we also, uh, joining for the first time, staff writer John Lamont. John, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Glad to be here. Uh, John is going to help us talk about... Uh, Obviously, iterative smartphones because that's the burning topic on everyone's mind. I think that's going to be the headline of this this podcast. It's going to have iterative smartphones in it. Yes. Um, and last but certainly not least, we have staff reporter Samir Chabra on the decks. Samir, thank you very much, Igor. I'm just monitoring the levels right now and uh, hoping hoping the sounds as good to our listeners as it does in my headphones. Um. Yeah. So let's just get right into it, Pat. You just came back from New York City, NYC, the Big Apple. Uh, you went there to see the Samsung Galaxy Note 9, the latest phablet to end all phablets. Um, I think it's safe to say we are in what is called in the industry a quote-unquote talk year. For uh, That's T-O-C-K. Uh, the metaphor being that there is a clock. It's called the smartphone clock. I always get this wrong. I think the tick is the talk and the talk is the tick. Right, very important is the tick is the actual big upgrade so the yes. uh, iphone 10 let's in the metaphor comes from i think i mean i don't know where it specifically comes from but forums uh, forums who knows uh idc who knows um <laughs> uh, but uh the big you know like it's usually used in reference to apple you know they have a, a very clear TikTok um approach to their smartphones they will release the iphone 6 for instance, and then they'll follow up with a success in somewhat in the past couple of years. That's kind of gotten a bit muddied with yeah. way more talks than ticks. Um, but finally, we have Samsung here basically releasing like the same phone four times in a row. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, generally, like I I would say that it's, it's a really good phone. Mm -hmm. Like it's great. I think I said in my my hands on that it's the best um 
Android phone, big Android phone that you can buy, mm-hmm. but it's also the same as the Galaxy S9 Plus and arguably pretty much the same thing as the Note 8. Like mm-hmm. there's, when you put the phone side by side, I know there's like a 0.1 difference in the bezels um, and the screen size, screen size specifically. Um, the average person, when you pick up both phones, they're going to look the same. Um, right, except for the fingerprint sensor. Yeah, well, the fingerprint sensor, yeah, that's a big thing. It has shifted to be um, in the middle of the rear of the phone instead of mm-hmm. beside the camera, which was one of my biggest issues with the Note 8. I just didn't use the fingerprint sensor with that phone mm-hmm. because like, you had to claw your phone, your hand awkwardly around it in order to reach it. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Note 9, it's been moved down towards the center, kind of like with the Pixel, uh, mm-hmm. Pixel series of phones, which is something I prefer. Um, I know most people, well, probably not most people, I won't say that, but a lot of people uh, miss the front-facing fingerprint sensor. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. John, what are your thoughts on this very explosive, explosive might not be the right word, device? Well, I think um, definitely some of the biggest improvements are going to be on the inside. Yeah, it looks the same on the outside, but inside we have a bigger battery with that 4,000 milliamp hour battery, and we've also got much more storage and a faster processor. So, yeah, it's iterative um on the outside but inside i think is where it counts i think the coolest thing in terms of the hardware changes is the eight gigs of ram in the Mm -hmm. 512 version i think that's something that we don't often get in north america when it comes to phones Mm -hmm. um i can't think of an example specifically offhand but i know um especially in asia phones are often released with eight gig models Right, or there's like a difference between the so just like the so a good example i guess in in Canada, quote unquote, is the OnePlus Six. You know, if you buy, oh yeah, that is a good one. There's the uh, base model, which comes with six gigabytes, and then the better models come with eight gigabytes on top of more storage. Can you buy that the eight gig one in Canada? Yeah, yeah. So oh, they're so both the available. Same, the same yeah, idea. Okay. yeah, yeah. So same idea. Um, it's funny you mentioned bigger battery in reference to a more explosive phone because, yes. haha, um, this joke never gets old. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, we're back after three weeks and you're just getting all the worst dad jokes and tech jokes possible. So, so I can put that whole thing in, in perspective. So the Note mm-hmm. 9 features a uh, 4,000 milliamp battery, uh, which is a 700 milliamp improvement over the Note 8's 3,300 milliamp battery. Um, and the Note 7 featured a 3,500 milliamp battery. So this is actually bigger than the Note 7, which mm-hmm. I mean probably um, could be a cause for concern because they're yeah. they're cramming that in in, in a similar size device. Uh, but again, Samsung claims that it still has the eight point third party reviewed battery inspection process in place mm-hmm. that's done by two different independent third party companies. Um, so I, quite honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't totally, think they're going to yeah. let it happen again because they know that if it does, that's like the end of their phone business um, in a variety of reasons for for safety concerns, uh, but also consumers would just lose total trust in them. So like, it's not gonna happen i mean i don't know if consumers would lose total trust i I think twice twice it would be a different story yeah yeah it would definitely be a different story as someone who's worked you know in retail selling smartphones for a number of years even after the note 7 like with the s8 when that came out i had so many people coming in like why should i get this phone it's gonna blow up like the note 7 did and it kind of happened twice though before too when i think about it because remember the initial replacement still had the battery issue Mm -hmm. so i mean it's sort of already happened twice and people forgave samsung and are still buying the phone in droves so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe maybe people don't care maybe they just like that phones explode i mean i read a story the other day where there are still note 7 units out in the wild 
Uh, Are they really? Yeah. People, uh, they just like, hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen. I have about seven box at home. I was looking at it the other day. You criminal. How could you not return that box? (laughs) I didn't know that it came in a box because often (laughs) when we get review devices, it's just a phone and a charger, right? Yeah. Um, In this case, they gave us a box. Uh, so I still have like all the little accessories in there too. Wow, that's gonna be a collectible. Uh, I know, totally. You could, you know, you could go on Kijiji and be like, memorabilia note seven. Just put some rocks in there. Be like, <laughs> it's sealed. I'll, I'll put a match and some, uh, yeah, some just, paper. Yeah, and just get it like, uh, you know, cellophane over it. Yeah, and then you could sell it as like a collectible to someone. Totally. Uh, and uh, none, they would be none the wiser. And I mean, I mean, I guess something else that I should should mention about the phone, um, getting back to the Note 9, is the S Pen has changed mm-hmm. this year. Uh, it features a, a super capacitor inside it, which, to my understanding, is very similar to just a standard battery, mm-hmm. um, but it's able to charge much quicker. Um, it sounds way cooler. It does sound way cooler. Mm-hmm. I tried to avoid using that term because it sounds like marketing speak to me, um, mm-hmm. and that's something that I avoid all the time. Uh, so to my understanding, it's just a battery. Uh, it's it's Bluetooth compatible now up to 30 feet. Um, it also lasts 300 clicks is what Samsung specifically told me. Wasn't it 200? I think it was it 200 or 300. Let me, let me control case, F this. It charges in a minute. So however many yeah, clicks it, it lasts. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it, matter. It's supposed to last no. um, two. Uh, yeah, you're right. 200 clicks, 30 minutes is, is the... Uh, is the numbers that Samsung's giving it right now. And I, and I guess what's interesting about it is I thought this was stupid when they first told me during the briefing, but then in practice when I was playing around with it and you can kind of see me awkwardly trying to do this in my hands-on video, mm-hmm. um, you can activate the shutter uh, when you click in the um, the center button on the, the stylus, which doesn't sound like it would be useful, but I mean, if you're trying to take a family photo, mm-hmm. you, you have the phone set up on a desk or something and you want to take a photo of yourself, I could see it being somewhat useful mm-hmm. um they're also opening up the s pens apk to third-party developers mm-hmm. uh so i think that will be somewhat interesting because i'm fascinated to see w- if any third-party developers even care right like mm-hmm. this is a very specific phone and a very specific feature are they going to make an app that just works on the note 9 you know what yeah. i mean um but but it, it, it could be interesting uh john as someone that used to work at a uh, best buy uh do you see the pen changing the world will consumers be like man this is this is what gets me to buy the Um, note 9 i don't think that uh on its own the pen is going to really be a a big selling factor for that i mean for most people who come in looking to buy a samsung phone that's uh on the bigger side uh they're going to be looking at either the s9 or the note 9 anyway and the deciding factor is going to be the pen so if the pen features are what they're looking for they're going to be buying it regardless of the ability to activate the shutter right mm-hmm. um so i don't think that that new feature uh, cool as it is i don't think that that alone is going to be a huge selling point for the note 9 the the other thing too that i think is interesting is so the 128 gig note 9 costs 1299 canadian which i think is pretty similar to what the note 8 was priced at in canada mm-hmm. um yeah. but the 512 gig Eight gigs of RAM model is priced at one thousand six hundred and twenty-nine. Um, oh my which god! I, I haven't checked this, but I would probably confidently say that that's the most expensive, uh, one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive, smartphones ever released in Canada. 
Wait until the hydrogen one comes out, baby. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can buy that in Canada too, right? Or ship it from? I think you can ship it to the U.S. Ship it to the U.S. Uh, okay. And it's it was like twelve ninety nine U.S. for the base model. Just throwing that that's out there. So much money. Yeah, like that. To put that price in perspective, like that's a few hundred dollars more than the iPhone ten, which mm-hmm. people were freaking out about that price. Mm-hmm. But when the five hundred twelve gig price came out for the Note nine. No one was really like, "What are you doing, Samsung? This is yeah. crazy," um, which I which I think is kind of interesting. It it just goes to just show uh, how how uh, not just our readers, but how in general the the tech space views different tech giants. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so I guess final words on the Note Nine. It's a really good phone. It's probably the best big phablet smartphone out there, but it's also uh, incredibly expensive mm-hmm. and if you own a note 8 you probably don't need to upgrade this year this is one that you can skip i know there's hardware yeah. upgrades but unless you're the kind of person who really cares about having the most gigs and the fastest processor your note 8 is gonna serve you well mm-hmm. so at the same event samsung also uh introduced two other products uh one of which was a surprise uh and that was uh galaxy home uh, i'm tempted to call it big cp home but that's not it what looks it's like a spaceship it does. Or one of those Weber barbecues with the three stands? Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I think it was MKBHD. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw that on Twitter. That's not an original joke. But really, it does look like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Samir, thoughts on the, besides it looking like a Weber He barbecue. wants to cook burgers on it. Yeah. Okay, so what's the point of Bixby anymore, honestly? I just, I, I'm still on this. So, I'm really still on this. So this is something worth mentioning, too. So in, in my briefing, they focused on hardware because that's what's new, right? Um, but they didn't mention Bixby at all. Yeah. And then I was playing with the phone. I'm like, oh, it's still there. So they haven't killed it, but they're not really talking about it. And then mm-hmm. I know that they did during the the keynote. They talked about it a little bit. I think they mentioned a couple new features. Yeah, no, they, they said that you can ask Bixby for random festival directions. If you say, oh, okay. I want to go to a festival in Brooklyn over the 4th of July weekend, for instance, Bixby will give you, or they said the Labor Day weekend, Bixby will give you contextual aware information without you having to really tell it where in Brooklyn you want yeah. to be or, or what kind of music you want to listen to. I, so that's pretty cool. I mean, okay. <laughs> I've never really totally understood why Bixby needs to exist. And I think Samsung's kind of coming to that conclusion too. Um, but, but I do like that it, it's, it's there if you want to use it, it's a feature that, ex- that, that is on the phone. Um, but they're not kind of forcing it down people's throats anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for them, it's like, they don't want to be beholden to Google more yes. than they already are. Um, John, you, it seems like you want to chime in. So I'll let you, yeah, well, no, you're you're exactly right there, Igor. They don't want to be beholden to Google, and that's kind of the direction they've been going with some of their other um, software options, like ties in with the with the watches and stuff like that. They're just trying to develop some of their own stuff, so that if for some reason they ever did split with Google and decided to go their own way, they have something to build off of, right? Mm-hmm. It just sucks in comparison to Google Assistant right. and Alexa. Like, sucks so bad. Yeah, I, I would say, like, I think what's kind of a bit worrisome is that. Uh, not even Samsung. Now, granted, like Samsung was never known for its software chops, but not even Samsung with all its size and scale and vertical integration can like really put together something that is competitive with Google on the software front. Um, I mean, there's probably like a vast variety of reasons for this that I, you know, we could not even like, I don't even know, right? Um, I mean, I will say, Besides its very interesting design, um, 
how do you think this this thing they're going to differentiate the this ga- product the galaxy watch or the speaker the home oh, the home yeah uh i mean they have that thing with spotify right smear you can probably talk about that you wrote the story on it i think that may differentiate a little bit because the integration seems deeper well, I mean, so when it comes to the Spotify integration, it's it's a partnership that it's a long term partnership that Samsung has established with Spotify across Samsung's entire portfolio of entertainment products. So not products. just the speaker. Yeah. So you know, Spotify, I'm assuming will come pre installed on all Galaxy smartphones. I imagine that the smartwatch will have you know a mini Spotify app or something like that that lets you control your music and so forth. Obviously, you're going to be able to activate Spotify through the Galaxy Home. And also something that they showed off at the unpacked event was the uh, was integration between Spotify. And their television, so you can you can listen to music on your TV through Spotify, which is cool. But I mean, as far as I can tell, that's something that you can already do with a Google Home and a Google Home Max. So Spotify integration isn't anything that's going to necessarily, or rather, not Spotify integration, but the, the partnership with uh, Samsung isn't really going to differentiate the Galaxy Home from the Google Home. Mm-hmm. And the Galaxy Home, it it features Bixby, right? Not yeah, yeah, it's definitely Bixby. So that yeah. that's a big concern for me, like. What I use smart home speakers for now at home um, is primarily primarily controlling smart home products like lights or my thermostat or whatever. Um, I would wonder, like, is Bixby going to be able to do that? Um, right. And I think that's a good question in the sense that, like, hey, just look at the HomePod, right? Like, it can have the greatest kind of, like, audiophile chops great possible. Speaker. Like, great speaker. But... Once you start interacting with Siri, the kind of the experience starts to fall apart, right? And I mean, that looks like a very premium speaker, the Bixby Home. Um, I'm sure they spent quite a bit of uh, cheddar on just those beautiful Weber-like legs. Um, you know, like, but when there's options like the Sonos One, which is, you know, in the case of the HomePod, half the price, um, works with everything more or less uh, yep. not perfectly you know as is the case with but pretty Air- good airplay too um obviously google assistant isn't there yet and you know everything that patrick spence has said about uh, that's the ceo of sonos about google assistant kind of makes me worry <laughs> that it's going to be it's going to take a while longer I, I think it's still coming but but it's going to be a couple months yeah what i was going to say is what's kind of amusing about the galaxy home and the little like uh barbecue legs that it has is um it's almost like a direct response to the problems that the HomePod had with it sitting on a wooden table yeah. and creating the rings. So they're like, this is not going to happen to us. We've learned from Apple. We're going to put little eggs on our speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm interested in trying it. That'll be cool. We obviously don't know anything about Canadian availability or pricing. I don't think there's even American, US availability yeah, yet. They were just teasing it at that point. Yeah. 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 I don't, uh, I, I can't see really find any US pricing either. So it's, it's oh, okay. something I think that they're saying it, it's available. It's no longer in development. Maybe honestly, as a way just to assuage uh, concerns from shareholders, really, just with their because I mean their their last uh, quarterly earnings were a little disappointing, just in terms of how much they sold. Mm-hmm. I mean, so again, they turned a profit because that's that Samsung. They're going to turn a profit, but they sold fewer S nine and S nine plus devices than even Samsung hoped, and they admitted that in their uh, quarterly earnings. So this. This Galaxy Home unveiling might really just be a way of letting the world know that they're still remaining competitive and they're still trying to release a product that is going to work with their uh, their suite of products. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Apple did too with the HomePod, right? They revealed it months, like, I, I don't know, like eight months or something before it actually came out. Um, and all it was was it was sitting inside like this. Actually, it wasn't glass. They had a security guard hired specifically to stand in front of it telling people that they couldn't touch it. 
and it was just there for media to take photos of. You couldn't use it. It was just like a HomePod sitting there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of what Samsung did with this, right? They, mm-hmm. They've shown it yeah, off. We know it of. exists, but they did, that's it. They did say during the Unpacked event that they would provide more details at their upcoming developer conference, which cool. isn't happening so, until November. But we know so, something's coming at least. Yeah, okay. we know something's coming. Um, I also think it was kind of neat that they did that thing with the 160 units of it on stage that were like producing the sound. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, interesting that you mentioned Apple and revealing something way too far ahead of time. Uh, at the same event, Samsung also showed very briefly the wireless charger duo, which is basically an uh, Apple Air Power mat, yep. charging mat. And the for those that don't know, the um, uh, charging mat or the Air Power is. It was revealed last, I want to say WWDC, but I could be totally wrong. Yeah, it was at the iPhone 8 event. iPhone 8 event. September, October. Yes. Early September, whenever it was. Last year, um, they showed this inductive charging mat, which they're like, it can charge three things at once. It was really cool. I like that idea. Right. And the big thing was like, oh my God, look, the AirPods uh, uh, cases on it. This must mean that, uh, like, an AirPods with inductive charging is coming. And they talked about it too. They showed off that AirPod case and then yeah. it hasn't surfaced since. Right. And mm-hmm. so the the thing with the uh, AirPower is that apparently it's like proven to be like an engineering nightmare for Apple, which yeah. is hilarious because then Samsung's like, hey, here, it charges two things yeah. at once. But hold on. I, yeah. something, <laughs> something that I do want to interject with and talk about the engineering nightmare. What Apple showed off was a power mat or a charging mm-hmm. pad where you could put any combination of those three devices in any mm-hmm. order and all three would charge at the same time. What Samsung revealed was a regular wireless charger that they sell anyway for their smartphones as well as a smaller little pad that connects specifically for your smartwatch. So it had specific spots whereas, exactly. whereas the air yeah. power, you just drop it wherever exactly. you want. Now, okay. of course, I haven't really had a chance to play around with the wireless charger duo and a lot of the videos that I've seen haven't really highlighted whether or not you can flip-flop I don't think that Samsung has released a device or a charging pad that works with, you know, two combination devices, whatever they are. I think the bigger, excuse me, the bigger circle bit, that's definitely for a smartphone. And I think the smaller circle bit, that's definitely for a smartwatch. So they they had one at the like pre-brief hands-on thing that I was at, but it wasn't hooked up. So you couldn't try it. It was just kind of sitting (laughs) there for photos. Um, And interestingly, like I, I was... I was asking questions about it and no one really wanted to answer them. Yeah. Um, whether or not that was because they were like saving stuff for the actual event the next day or uh, they just didn't know the answers. I, I just thought it, it was interesting because it was there and it was part of like the briefing sort of, but they didn't really have much to say about it. All right. And lastly, just briefly, uh, Galaxy Watch thoughts. I, they didn't really say much about it, right? Like, and it doesn't seem like there's much new there. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to Dean a little bit about this. Um, and I used Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. To be really down on Tizen mm-hmm. um, because I mean it, it obviously doesn't have as many apps as watch OS or wear OS but then I started thinking about it and I wear an Apple watch every day if I'm not using an Apple watch I wear a Moto 360 second gen which is discontinued Whoa. pour yeah. one out for that um, 
and I, I don't use apps, right? Like I mm-hmm. use it for notifications. That's what I primarily use it for. And I also use it as just a watch and I play around with, play around with the faces. Um, so I don't know how much app integration really matters for a smartwatch. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do like what Samsung's done with the, the twisty bezel on its watches. It definitely looks sleeker than past smartwatches they've released. Uh, so I'm interested in checking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to some extent, like the smartwatch ship has sailed. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not a dead category, but it's definitely not a product category that many tech manufacturers are paying attention to anymore. Mm-hmm. Something they are paying attention to is the fact that Android P came out this week. John, you've been kind of leading our coverage on this. Yeah. It's finally happened. And it's called Android Pie. Boring. How, how do we think about oh. the name, though, first? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I want to know. It's not Android Pie. It's Android Space. Nine Space Pie. Okay. Boom. Which is a curious way of marketing this. I want to yeah. know what type of pie it is, though. That, <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. Like, at the specificity least, is important. Yes. Yeah, exactly. At the very least, they could have said, like, Android Pecan Pie or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But is it a cherry no. pie? Is it an apple pie? Is it a pumpkin pie? Is it would it... never be an apple pie. It yeah. would absolutely never, never be, be an apple pie. Why not? Why can't it be an apple pie? Because, you know, just down the street. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it would yes. be like the ultimate kind <laughs> yeah. of like middle finger. It'd be so yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, thoughts using the kind of what is now the final release after using the developer previews for a couple weeks. Going from the the beta to the official release, I haven't noticed much of a difference because the beta was so smooth for me. Um, but that being said, being on the official release is just nice like there's a couple like less crashes and stuff like that but um yeah it's been really smooth my main concern is that like two of the biggest features that they talked about with android pie aren't out yet and that's slices yeah slices and then the well the digital well-being stuff is out in beta yeah shortcuts you got into the digital well-being beta too i remember you telling me yeah Mm -hmm. and it's it's pretty good um it's really interesting being able to see all the different stuff that I'm doing on my phone and how much time I'm spending doing different things. Um, and it's actually incredible how detailed you can get. Like you can go in and see by hour how much you're using different apps, which I think is really interesting. I'm absolutely shocked. And I mean this sincerely shocked that Google would release software that isn't finished and that it's asking users to beta test in final release. Mm. Just classic Google. <laughs> It is. It is classic <laughs> Google. Yeah. Um, at least they haven't abandoned it yet. Yeah. No. No. Totally. Uh, I'm or released mostly... another messenger application. Oh. Uh, <laughs> or released another digital well-being application. Give the, don't don't give them ideas, John. Don't give them the ideas. They'll do it. I promise you, they'll do it. Uh, I'm mostly being facetious. Uh, Samir, what would have been your thoughts on Android P so far? So I've been using Android P on uh, on the Essential phone, and as far as I can tell, again, it's it's pretty much the exact same experience as it is on the Google Pixel too, mm-hmm. um, and I guess on the Google Pixel phones as well. I like it a lot. I like the gestures. I like the the revamp. But of, of course, these are all things that I've already said uh, about Android. These are things that I said about Android P when it was still Android P. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess one of the one of the Weird things, one of the weird complaints that I have about Android Pie, um, I don't really like the navigation pill very much. And I should I should mention, the only reason I don't like the navigation pill is because the navigation pill on the Moto Z3 and the Moto Z3 Play, which are devices that are inferior to the Google Pixel 2 XL and the Essential Phone in most ways, most ways, not always, mm-hmm. um, have a different kind of navigation pill. So you still have the navigation pill. You don't have the gestures where you swipe up. Instead, what you do is you swipe to the left to go back. 
you hit the navigation pill to go home, and then you swipe to the right to activate the app drawer. And it is still an app drawer. It's not like it is an Android 9, um, and, and Android Pie, rather. So the reason that I'm saying I don't like the navigation pill and Android Pie is because there's a back button, and that's really it. Otherwise, I'm a huge fan of Android Pie. I like the navigation gestures. I like the way it all works. For me, though, I just would have liked to see uh, Google integrate a back button which isn't actually a, a triangle, you know, like a, like a reverse play button. I would have very much liked to be able to just swipe to the left to go back and, and move on with my life. But, I mean, I'm just going to move on with my life anyway because I, I don't really have that many problems with Android Pie at all. I, you I, know, perhaps I'm old-fashioned uh, and I'll let you. Sorry. Sorry yeah. for interrupting. Go so ahead. It's okay. Yeah. I was just going to jump in and say that I absolutely agree with you, Samir, that they could have done something much cooler with the pill. I also think that doing the pill kind of defeats the purpose of having navigation gestures because um, it still takes up space on the screen. So, you know, you don't get any benefit switching to the gestures because you're still using up that bar on the bottom of the screen for your, your navigation controls. There's no point. Actually, sorry, Igor, I know you want to say something. No, 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 go ahead. In. So I, I agree with you, John. I agree with you entirely. And what's interesting about the Moto Z3 Play and Z3 pill is that it does give you that extra space. So it doesn't it doesn't occupy the, the full space of the navigation bar like it does on Android Pie. What it does is give you maybe, a, let's say, you know, two more millimeters of, of uh, real estate for your screen. So it's still there. It's still taking up space. Um, but it, it's a little bit more space you've got than with the navigation bar. So point mm. for the Moto Z3 Play? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm still not convinced of uh, gesture uh, navigation in general. Um, if only because, um, you know, I think in some sense, you know, what was really amazing about smartphones when they first came out is that they took, um, they simplified a computer interface and took away a lot of the abstraction, right? And with these gesture navigations, you're reintroducing abstraction. For me. Uh, I really enjoy Android's button navigation, right? It is super simple. Like one button goes back, one leads you home, and one lets, leads you to the over, overview menu. And then if you want, there's more complexity there um, and efficiency. For instance, you can double click on the, uh, double tap, excuse me, on the overview menu to switch back to the most recent app, right? One this takes away the simplicity, but then it also takes away some of these uh, some of these shortcuts. So, for instance, uh, I mean, John, you were uh, you wrote an article in which you know a uh, big complaint with Android Pie, excuse me, Android nine point Pie has been that um, they've uh, the multitask not multitask split screen is a complete mess now. Yeah, yeah. So they they changed it from what it was before, where you could, I believe, it was press and hold on the the square multitasking button, and it would leap into the split screen mode. Whereas now you have to swipe up and you have to tap the app icon on the cla- on the uh, on the card for the app, and then you have to select split screen and then choose your app. Like it's there's so many extra steps. So yeah, definitely that's a good example of abstraction there. Mm-hmm. And Pat, what is your so you as like. Uh, some might say ardent iPhone 10 user. I am. I am the the iPhone 10 user on the team. This is true. <laughs> Shill. Um, <laughs> uh, what has been your experience of using the two? I feel like you, like most people, are probably like, "Hey, like Apple kind of nailed this, and Google's still trying to feel so, its way around." So, I mean, I, I guess the easiest way to put this in perspective is when I first picked up the iPhone 10, um, it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. I could not figure out how to multitask. I couldn't figure out how to jump between apps. The whole swipe up, hold it for a little bit, and then start flipping mm-hmm. um, between different apps. It was just very obtuse. It didn't make sense to me. So I totally agree with what you're saying there, Igor. Um, but then I think 
took me probably about 15 minutes and then it started to feel really, really natural. Mm-hmm. And now as someone who uses the iPhone 10, um, typically as their, their primary phone. And I have since it came out pretty much, um, I find it difficult to go back to the iPhone eight, like mm-hmm. a phone that doesn't have gesture navigate navigation. I find it difficult to pick up any Android device that doesn't have gesture navigation. It feels like a step backwards in terms of fluidity and how quickly I'm able to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Android Pie, I probably spent only about two hours or so playing around with it with the Pixel. Um, and it actually comes really close to being as good as what Apple's done with the iPhone X. It's, it's almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that it's not quite is fluid and the situation with the pill is a little confusing at times but in general it's, it's pretty good and i do think that it makes things more confusing but mm-hmm. i think after you invest that like initial 10 15 minutes it becomes even more natural than phone navigation was before and and to that point patrick uh, i also wrote a story recently where uh, google's ek chung uh basically said that it was going to be the default navigation on the pixel 3 yeah mm-hmm. um and the reason for that was a lot of people find that three button layout more confusing than the the gesture navigation. Interesting. I mean, I'm happy to admit, what do I know? These this is Google. They have the data, right? Like, yeah, they, they yeah. probably yeah. did like all kinds of tests. No, totally, right. right? So, and, and but I totally agree with you. Like I remember the first time at Apple's event picking up the iPhone 10 and I have had like an Apple PR person behind me like watching over my shoulder telling me what to do and it still didn't make any sense to me like Mm -hmm. even the simple action of swiping up and multitasking I was like this is ridiculous why did Apple do this why did they change this I don't understand any of this I was very comfortable with iOS Mm -hmm. this shouldn't be happening Um, and then it wasn't until like I actually got a review device and I used it for I don't know 15 minutes that it started to click with me and I was like oh I now understand why they've changed this. I get that it's because the home button's gone, but it also, to me, at least even now today, I would say it it feels like a step forward in terms of user interface navigation. So I'm glad that Android's doing it as well Mm -hmm. and that Google's sort of leading the charge. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's kind of important to draw from this is that it's important to be open to more generally to just be open to these type of changes because, you know, like I'm thinking even now and I'm like, you know what? It's probably the like the bigger thing is that I haven't given um, uh, this gesture navigation enough of a chance, right? Like maybe it's not though. Like we saw mm. people in the comment section on some of John's coverage mm. where they're like, "I hate this gesture navigation. It's not mm. something that I think Android needed. It's just Google copying Apple. Google doesn't always have to copy what Apple's doing. That's not you know mm-hmm. what I mean." So I don't think you're alone in what you were saying before. Yeah, uh, to those people, I would say like you know I think the vast majority of you know, as is the case in a lot of these situations is like the people who are the most ardently against these changes are people who haven't tried to use them. Right. Um, and so, you know, reserve judgment until you've tried it. Right. Like, thankfully, with the Pixel 3, you're going to have the option to go back to, you know, the standard navigation. Right. If you absolutely hate gesture navigation, there's always the fallback, right? I'm correct on that. Um, maybe maybe, not. They, maybe they, oh. they, haven't, they haven't said one way or another, um, but hopefully. But I, I mean, that seems strange because in Android uh, 9.0 Pi, you have the option, right, to switch between? Yes, but I also am using the Pixel 2 XL, which started on Oreo. And mm-hmm. what it looks like is any devices that upgrade to Pi will have the option to choose. But, well, that's just complete nonsense. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> agree. And hopefully it doesn't turn out that way. But Google hasn't officially said one way or another. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, on that note, we should probably wrap up. 
boys yeah. thank yeah, you yeah. so much for joining the podcast shout outs this week I'm looking at Samir. Samir, start us. Yeah, no. So I um I have a bit of a weird shout out this week. Uh, my shout out is going out to Voice Inc. Uh, and their and their CEO, Director of Operations, Harpreet Randawa. Um, Voice Inc. If this you guys is a great shout out. I was just gonna say so this is the best. This this is gonna devolve into insanity very quickly. So so uh. Voice Inc. for about two years or so has not been participating in the CCTS, which is the Commission for Complaints to Television and Telecom Services. I think I got that wrong, but that's fine. The CCTS. And they've been fined uh, once before, and they've now been fined a second time for failing to pretty much just respond to the CRTC, <laughs> like just at all. Um, whatever reasoning Voice Inc. and Randawa have for not responding, I don't know what it is because when I tried to reach out to Voice for comment, I was sort of uh, ping-ponged around to a bunch of different departments, and I, I haven't heard from them since. Um, what's weird is that if you look up Harpreet Randawa, and I am almost certain that this person is not related to the where this is going. So there's a CBC Calgary story from 2016 where an individual named Harpreet Randawa is dead. And that's what the story, the CBC story is about. So I guess there's a very, no, no, not even a very strong possibility. There's a minute infinitesimal possibility that Voice Inc. is currently without its Harpreet Randawa because Mr. Randawa is deceased and that might be why uh, the CRTC has not heard from them. <laughs> that is absolute poppycock. There's no way that that's true. I refuse to believe that that's true. But either way, my shout out goes to the Voice Inc. fiasco happening right now. That is amazing. I think that's the best shout out of all time. Yeah. There's no way, guys. There's no way. I mean, there was that, that one that Randawa Zach did. What did he do? Oh, it was like a Disney one. It was like shout out to the Lion King. Yeah, it was very strange. Anyway, but that was an amazing shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah, really weird. I remember that. Um, so I've been reading a book. Uh, and the reason I just want to bring this book up quickly, it's called uh, Creativity Inc. It's by one of the co-founders of uh, Pixar. And he mentions in it a concept called feeding the beast, which is some companies get caught up and they're like, we just got to grow bigger. They don't like, or they're like, we got to justify spending this money. And I feel like Voice Inc., they're, they're just feeding the beast. They don't know that like their CEO is deceased. They're... I, their CEO is not de- I'm sorry. I, I feel like I, I've, I've started a, a huge disaster. The CEO is not deceased. I don't believe that he's actually deceased. But it's just the way that things have lined up is very strange. Back to you, Igor. Uh, anyway, that's my shout out. If you haven't read that book and just if you're just curious about the history of Pixar or just like want to learn uh, one of the things that... Um, uh, I can't remember the author right now off the top of my head, but one of the things he covers is, it's John, not John Lasseter, I'll promise you that. Uh, one of the things he says is like, a big part of the book is like, you have to be open to change and being willing to throw out the old. So that's when I was thinking about that book when I made that previous point. John, what's your shout out? Uh, my shout out is to Discord for uh, being bold enough to launch a storefront to compete with Steam uh, and also opening that beta up to some 50,000 Canadians. So... Yeah, down with Steam. So my shout-out is to Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch. I'm bringing it back to the Switch Minute. It's been a couple weeks. I know all of my dedicated fans have been waiting for me to let them know about a Switch game that came out three weeks ago. Well, (laughs) if you (laughs) want to know about Switch game that came out yesterday, or on Tuesday, I guess Tuesday. Okami, right? Okami, yes. Okami HD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have not ever played it. I've heard it's a cult classic. The first 20 minutes are absolute trash. Originally came out on the Wii? PS2. PS2, okay. Bringing it way back. Um, it's really good once you get past all the gibberish. I'll have to check it out. 
Yeah. Um, so, I'm sorry. No, no, Igor, you're going to have to explain this to our listeners. Igor, what do you not like about video game gibberish? <laughs> okay. If you have five minutes of your time as a listener, sit down, find a comfy chair, get up a cup of cocoa. Do it up. Um, yeah, I just want real voice talk, uh, real voice. Okay, so in uh, you want voice acting in voice your acting. Yes, I understand. It was the PS2 era; things were different. Games were cheaper to make. Got to cut costs. Um, uh, this was made by Capcom, but I believe it was made by most of the members of the Platinum team that went on to found Platinum. <laughs> Samir, you are our Wikipedia expert. Get on it. Just give me a second. Keep talking. Keep talking. Um, anyway, so. You know, Kami, they'll just be like, instead of speaking a real language, they'll be like, and it's the same sound. It doesn't even sound like a language. It's not like in Shadow of Colossus where, okay, like they could just speak a normal language. One, like, I don't, I'm fine with it. I actually love when it's a foreign language because I get to hear like different sounds and stuff, but I want, like, give me something that actually sounds like a language. Uh, and not just complete gibberish. You don't it, want the banjo kazooie like no. Yeah, it, it doesn't like it takes it like takes away the immersion anyway. But I, is Animal Crossing okay? Like the the like okay. Banger? I like it in Zelda because like um it's like very minimalistic. Um and it's like they'll be like huh right like where it's actually they'll like intimate. Actual, it works in some games, whereas in others it doesn't. doesn't. Anyway, I'm about to have like a meltdown over this, so I'm gonna stop. <laughs> So I'll, I'll finish my shout out really quickly because I know we're, we're short on time. Uh, so Octopath Traveler is sort of a, um, I guess you would describe it as a reimagining of the classic JRPG genre, JRPG genre which is Japanese developed RPGs um, from probably the mid 90s. So we're talking like the Final Fantasy VI era, uh, maybe even all the way up to Final Fantasy VII. Um, though that was kind of 3D. This is more of the 16-bit Super Nintendo kind of stage that that genre is in. Um, And so the game does a lot of different things in terms of quality of life to improve on problems with that uh, genre back back in the mid-90s to make it more accessible. Um, It does have issues. It's a little more repetitive than I would have liked. It's definitely not the the Final Fantasy VI that some people were hoping it would be. Um, But that said, it stands on its own, and it's a really good JRPG, and people should buy it so that Square Enix releases more of these on the Switch. Uh, Cue to their, I don't know which quarterly earnings, but they're like, we were shocked. This game made money. We did not expect it to make money. Surprising that people want nostalgia-infused, old-school, turn-based RPGs. Shocking. Shocking. Let us instead invest billions of dollars into a new tech engine to make this one-off Final Fantasy game with cute boys sounds like a sound business decision was it final fantasy 15 yeah they that like how long was that game in development like oh, a decade. like a decade yeah i returned final fantasy 13 that game was straight trash the lightning one yes yeah, lightning that, that was 13 that was i 13. returned 13 to, to eb games is the only game in my life that i have ever returned to a store did yeah. you get your two dollars back for the 60 dollar purchase oh no 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 i i bought it and then i played it for like three hours and then i returned it nice so they were like they just gave me a full refund and i exchanged it for another game amazing anyway moral of the story uh i don't know what the moral of the story the moral of the story is thank you listeners so much to listening to the syrup cast and to those who either emailed me or tweet me uh tweeted at me asking me if we were dead we are not we're back uh we should 
There should be more episodes starting in September once, you know, like the industry kind of winds up again. You know, obviously in September we have the iPhone launch. Um, we yeah. have the Pixel launch. Things will get more regular. Yeah, and hopefully we're, uh, you know, I have some ideas for fun guests that we haven't had on before um, to bring them on and talk about uh, a bunch of different topics. John, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Would it, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online on Twitter uh, at John underscore Lamont. And that's John with no H. J-O-N underscore L-A-M-O-N-T. Samir, thank you so much for doing recording duties. Where can people find you? You can find me at mobilesyrup.com. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Samir Chabra 94. You can find me at uh, Patrick underscore O'Rourke on Twitter, where I will be tweeting about why I think the Note 9 should feature three notches. But it can't. Damn. Because Google won't let it. Damn. Um, I'm at Igor Bonifacic. That's I-G-O-R-B-O-N-I-F-A-C-I-C. And I'll be probably having a meltdown over like Surface Go takes is probably uh, (laughs) what will be happening. Yeah, we should have talked about the Surface Go on this. Oh, well. Oh, well, maybe next time. Um, You can find Mobile Syrup, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, at Mobile Syrup. Uh, And then, of course, MobileSyrup.com. Tune in hopefully next week in which we'll have a new episode. I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's always an open question. Uh, here at mobile. Are there any CRTC decisions impending? No? I'm still waiting on some. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, thanks again. Uh, have a fabulous weekend, and we'll see you next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 